Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so happy to be with you today. I'm going to be reading from Cuckoo Clock Secrets in Switzerland, which is part of our Switzerland Adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. This is a new season of the podcast. It'll be coming out every Monday and Thursday, and we'll be reading to you a part of the story each time. So get comfortable, relax, and enjoy. The case in Grandad's workshop. The room was long, about six feet longer than it would have been if the building plans had been read correctly. It was the most fascinating room the children had ever been in. Not one inch of space was occupied by ordinary things. Wooden shelves, drawers, tables and other unusual wooden structures lined the walls and a hundred different containers filled every available space. There were crates, buckets and bottles filled with unusual things like birds' nests, bottle tops, bolts, screws, nails, corks and wires. Ropes were dangling from the ceiling and wire connectors with crocodile teeth were draped over hooks. There were tiny jars of different colored desert sand and collections of everything from marbles to old trophies, dice and test tubes with rubber stoppers. There was colorful Scooby-Doo wire resting on wooden stands and an array of formidable tools hanging precariously from the walls. On the floor stood a couple of go-karts and other contraptions on wheels that were good for racing down slopes at high speed. The room also held two tall bookshelves, filled to bursting with mysterious glass bottles of every shape and size, some transparent and some translucent, with intriguing words like Chamberlain's Peppermint Cure and Dr. Keeson's Essence of Life etched into their sides. On the other side of the room on a large table were the makings of a miniature electric train set surrounded by its circuitry with signals and light bulbs that flashed on and off. The little train sat ready on one end of the track while tiny painted people, houses and trees were attractively displayed over the rest of the board. This room was the workshop and hobby centre of the grey children's grandfather. He had built up his collections over the years and many of the treasures in the room had been passed down to him from his parents and their parents before them. There were items that he had collected on his travels and during his many exploits. The test tubes were from a stay in hospital. The glass bottles had been dug up during outings to the local dump and the medals and trophies had been awarded to him for taking part in running and cycling races. Grandad had plenty of science equipment and unusual chemicals stashed in his workshop. The children were always in suspense, wondering what he would get up to next. He could make a miniature volcano erupt with orange ash. He could ignite a test tube filled with sugar and chemicals, and they would watch it froth and turn black. He could suspend a heavy weight from a piece of copper wire wrapped around a block of ice and then watch it slowly pull through the ice with the cleft resealing as if nothing had passed through it at all. The children spent hours exploring and creating things in Grandad's workshop and sometimes when they least expected it, they would find themselves right in the middle of an adventure. 
hidden in a crowded corner of the long room, was the most fascinating and enticing box of all, an ancient brown suitcase which was falling apart at the corners. When you clicked open the clips, the whole case shuddered as if it would crumble into dust at any moment. When you lifted the lid, you saw wonderful old trinkets and treasures that shouted mystery at you. In that suitcase, the children discovered ancient maps and books, fascinating charts, tickets from all over the world in various languages, photographs, coins and notes in different currencies, old stamp collections, badges and silver spoons, along with beautiful lace gloves, ladies' purses and jewellery, and each object had its own story. Digging out one treasure at a time, the children were transported to the faraway land it had come from and the story it told. They named that old suitcase the Case of Adventure. The Grey family loves traveling the world together, exploring, meeting the local people, sampling the food and solving mysteries. They make many special friends and visit places they've dreamed of seeing. Wren or Serenity Grey is 11 years old and loves to read. She knows all kinds of interesting facts about unusual things. Her grey cockatiel, Milkshake, likes to sit on her shoulder as she goes about her day. Rome or Roman Grey is nine years old. He loves Italian food, playing cricket, and is learning computer coding. Jake or Jacob Gray is six years old. He enjoys soccer and tumbling. He'd like to be a stuntman someday. Liberty or Libby Gray is five years old. She's very fond of dogs and learning magic tricks. Tiffany Gray is one and a half years old and is feisty and full of giggles. She loves finger painting and watching her pet goldfish swim around his bowl. The children's grandfather owns the case of adventure. Let's read about it. Cuckoo Clock Secrets in Switzerland Chapter 1 An Intriguing Discovery Wren reached into the case of adventure and lifted out an oddly shaped bundle that was wrapped in white tissue paper. She parted the paper and discovered two brass weights in the shape of pine cones. Wren rubbed the beautifully ornate pieces with her fingertips. What are these for, Grandad? she asked. Serenity, or Wren as her family liked to call her, was 11 years old. Her brothers Roman and Jacob were 9 and 6 years old respectively and her sisters, Liberty and Tiffany, were aged five and one. Together with their parents, Matthew and Elizabeth Gray, the children were visiting their grandparents in the beautiful town of Cape Town, South Africa. Grandad took the weights and turned them over in his large, rough hands. I didn't know we still had these. They went missing years ago. What are they from? asked Rome curiously. I'll show you, replied Grandad, with a note of excitement in his voice. He held tightly to the weights, and with his cane supporting him, walked slowly from the workshop to the house, and down the hall to the study. The children followed silently, wondering what they were about to see. 
Grandad reached up into the back of a cupboard and lifted down a large cardboard box. He set it on the floor near the desk. Libby helped him to open the flaps at the top of the box. What's inside, Grandad? Have a look, he replied, and lifted off the plastic packaging. There, nestled in the box, was a beautifully crafted dark wood antique cuckoo clock. Rome helped Grandad to lift the large clock out of the box and place it on the table. It hasn't worked for years as these weights went missing when we moved house a long time ago. Grandad's eyes shone as the memories came flooding back. But now you've found them. He put the pinecone-shaped weights on the table next to the clock. Here is the pendulum. Grandad lifted a flat spoon-like piece from the box. This is supposed to swing underneath the clock to help it keep time. Wren sat down at the desk and ran her hands softly over the cuckoo clock. As she touched it, she thought in wonder of all the children that might have enjoyed its cuckoos over the years and heard its chimes. It was skillfully made from dark wood with a tiny door at the top where the painted cuckoo bird would pop its head out. Beautifully carved leaves framed the face and long chains that were attached to cogs inside the mechanism hung from the base. The clock was given to me by my mother just before she died, said Grandad, aware of the children's interest. She and my dad had it for many years. The weights hang on these hooks here. You wind the clock by pulling on these chains until the weights are near the base of the clock. They slowly move to the bottom over 24 hours. If you don't wind the clock, they stay down and the clock stops working. Because we didn't have the weights, the clock didn't work. I wonder if we could get the clock working again, pondered Rome. Grandad responded by handing him the weights. He lifted the clock and held it upright. Very carefully, Rome hooked the weights on and gently tugged at the chains to try and wind the clock. The chains won't budge, he said. He pulled again. Careful, don't force them, said Wren. Let me try. She pulled on the chains to raise the weights, but was also unsuccessful. Grandad bent down to look closely at the clock. He tugged at the chains himself to confirm that they would not move. Strange. Perhaps we should open the clock up and have a look inside. It will be a fun lesson on cuckoo clocks for you all. Maybe we can figure out how to fix it. Fixing things was a hobby of Grandad's. He turned the clock over and moved the wire catches to release the back panel of the clock. As he removed it, everyone leaned forward to peer inside. They saw a large cavity which housed some wooden parts, wires and a metal cage which housed the clock's mechanism with its cogs and pins and wires. There were also cogs from which the chains wound and unwound. What's that strange cloth thing, wondered Wren, pointing to a bundle of white cloth that was wedged between two of the cogs. Grandad put his hand inside the clock and tried to reach the bundle of cloth. That's strange. I wonder why that's in here. It doesn't look as if it belongs. My fingers are too big, so I can't quite grasp it. But I think it may be blocking the cogs from being able to move. Wren, see if your fingers can fit in here and wriggle the bundle free so we can examine it. Wren put her hand inside and gently tugged at the white cloth that was lodged there. 
There's something hard inside the cloth, she exclaimed. Wait, I think I can get it out. Slowly she wriggled the tiny bundle free and lifted it out. As soon as the cogs were free of the cloth, they moved slightly and the clock began to tick. Everyone's attention was on the clock, except for Wren, who gave an exclamation of surprise as the white cloth fell open to reveal a shining gold coin. Look at this! Look what was inside the cloth! It's a gold coin, said Rome in surprise. What was that doing in there? He held the coin in his hands, turning it over and over and examining both sides. It feels quite heavy for a coin. Look, parts of the edges have been rubbed off. It must be very old. Libby looked at the coin. There's a picture of a sun on it. Is it really gold? I'm going to call Dad and Mom and Granny. She ran off and returned a short while later with the rest of the family in tow. Come and see what we found. Grandad showed us the cuckoo clock and we found this old coin hiding inside it, she panted. In the middle of the sun on the coin are the letters IHS, said Wren, taking the coin again to examine it more closely. But I can't make out the writing near the edge. She turned it over. On the other side there's a coat of arms and a date, 1568. Rome took the coin again. I can only just make out the word Geneva and something like Civitas. I think that stands for the city of Geneva, said Dad. Wow, 1568. This is a really old coin, about 450 years. I wonder what it's made from. Could it really be gold? The children were silent with awe. Then, Wren pointed to the words on the other side of the coin. What are these words here? she asked. The writing on the coin looked like this. Post Tenebras LVX. Dad looked closer. It looks like Old English spelling. There was no letter U in the alphabet back then, like in Latin. V stood for both the U and the V sound. It seems to say, post tenebras lux, said Dad. I think it sounds like Latin, said Rome, as he contemplated the immensity of their discovery. He peered into Dad's hand at the strange coin. Dad, isn't it amazing that we found it? I mean, it really seems to be a piece of history, right here in Grandad's clock. I want to see it, Libby said, tugging at Dad's arm. Tiffany was standing next to Libby, looking up in curiosity. Dad knelt down and showed the coin to his two youngest girls. Mom and Granny came forward for a closer look. I'm not sure what the words mean, Libby. We'll have to look it up. Something tells me that we are going to come across those words again, and they might turn out to be significant, so we should make note of them. I'm going to write them down in my notebook, said Jake. Me too, cried Libby, running to fetch pen and paper. I think it's going to be a mystery to solve. Grandad tipped the clock forward again to replace the back panel, and as he did so, the mechanism moved slightly, and to everyone's surprise, the cuckoo bird popped out and gave one quick cuckoo. It still works, cried Libby, clapping her hands in delight. Let's see if we can wind it now, urged Jake. Rome pulled gently on first one chain and then the other. 
Clicking sounds were heard as the weights were pulled to the top of the chains. It works, he exclaimed. What's the time, Dad? he asked. It's 2.45, Dad replied. Rome moved the hour and minute hands to the correct places on the clock face. The family trooped through to the dining room, Dad carrying the clock. Grandad removed a large picture from the wall and Dad helped him to hang the clock in its place. I'm so glad to have it working again after all these years, commented Grandad. There, remarked Libby, stepping back to admire it. When will it chime? It should be in about 15 minutes, said Wren. I have missed that sound, said Granny, with a hint of nostalgia in her voice. It brings back many memories of times past. I would really like to know why the coin was hidden inside the clock, exclaimed Wren. Someone must have hidden it there. I wonder why and when. It seems like it would have been a really long time ago. What could all the words on the coin mean? Post tenebras lux, Geneva civitas, recited Rome, looking closely at the coin again. Geneva is a big city in Switzerland, isn't it, Dad? That's right, replied Dad. It's on the French side of the country. What's on the other side, inquired Jake. Zurich is on the German side, replied Dad. And there's an Italian part too, places like Lugano and St. Moritz. I have a three-dimensional map of Switzerland and some brochures from our travels there that you can have a look at, said Grandad, shuffling over to the desk and rummaging in the drawer. He pulled out a couple of plastic folders and found the map and handed it to Rome. You can feel the raised parts, which are mountain peaks. He ran his finger over the surface of the three-dimensional map. Look at the blue of the lakes. Switzerland has many beautiful lakes. Here on the right is Zurich, he pointed, and down here is Lugano, and all the way to the left near Lake Geneva is the city of Geneva. And here's Bern, said Rome, pointing near the centre of the country. It says here that it's the capital. That's right, Dad tapped the map where Rome was pointing. Bern, the city of the bears. Bears, said Libby, looking at him with interest. Are there bears there? Yes, look at this brochure, replied Dad. It says there's a whole outdoor enclosure by the river for the bears. The bears used to live in concrete pits in the city, but now they live in lovely outdoor cages with grassy slopes. Tourists can go and look at them. Grandad showed them a silver fork with a bear on it that said burn, and a beautiful spoon with a plaque showing interlaken on the top. Why is burn spelt burn with an E on the end, asked Rome. It's the official spelling from Old English, but these days we just spell it burn without the E. The children poured over the relief map, experiencing with their fingers the high mountain peaks, the blue lakes and the valleys between. Matthew, said Grandad, addressing the children's father, I have no idea how this coin got inside the clock or how long it's been there. But I'd like you to keep the coin for us. Maybe you all can solve the puzzle somehow. He gave the precious coin to Dad. We'll do our best, Dad replied. He addressed the children. Doesn't that sound exciting, you guys? We'll solve the mystery for you, Grandad, cried Jake with great excitement. Do you know where your parents brought the clock back from? Dad asked Grandad. 
I think they bought it when they traveled to Europe by boat. I do think it was from Switzerland, but I'm not sure what part, replied Grandad. Let's examine the clock and see if we can find any indication of where it's from, suggested Dad. They went to look at the clock on the wall. I see something, cried Wren, as Dad bent down to look underneath the clock. It has a metal plaque here underneath. Grandad got out a magnifying glass, and Dad crouched down to look closely at what was written on the plaque. There were just two words. Gutmann Basel. Okay, said Dad. So we know that Basel is a town in northern Switzerland, and by looking at this relief map, I can see that it's very near the German-Swiss border. I wonder if Gutmann is the name of the clockmaker. It's likely to have been a family business back then. Dad took a few photos of the cuckoo clock with his phone. He captured the inside where the coin had been found and the metal plaque showing the name of the clockmakers. That should do it, he said, turning to face his family. Now it's up to you guys to solve the mystery. That's all for now. See you next time.